What up, fam? Uh, good to be back. A lot of stuff to update you on. Efforting Van Pelt. Almost made an announcement that we were going to be taping this with Van Pelt. He confirmed last night. Um, we did make a phone call. So as you know on the show, we like to live produce. Have you feel like you're a part of it? And when you miss out on guests, you miss out on guests. And you know how uh, how we can feel about it. So I almost said, hey, taping a pod with Van Pelt tomorrow. We had a late confirmation. I always think like when it's West Coast Rye. And I sent out a tweet at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. Some of our older demos are asleep by then. Um, you got kids. You got lives. I stayed with a friend. He has kids. I see how it goes firsthand. But uh, I apologize for it being this late. There's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, some I can get to. Some I can't. All positive. Positive. Rye. Uh, but I want to say what's up, my man, uh, Saruti, over there. How we doing? Good. We have a ton to get to. I know. Missed you. I do think it's funny because, you know, everybody's in this massive vacation mode and, and everybody, it's always flattering when you take off a lot of vacation time. And that's not really what I did because I worked on Get Up for six days and then did some other stuff. And I did Jalen and Jacoby right before I left. So I thought I was going to be able to do a podcast from New York City, but, you know, it's not really my studio and it didn't look like it was going to work out that way. And then after I did Get Up, we're going to talk about how Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard can actually be a great example of racism. Um I have uh, a Colorado thing I have to get to. I have a tourism thing in New York City I need to get to. So there's a lot that I need to get to, but it just pod-wise, it wasn't going to work out. And so I just got back to L.A. the other day. Did have a, a robbery at the house. That's not awesome, um, but it's not not the end of the world. We'll get through it. Like I said, just trying to spin everything as positive as I can. New as look West as- Coast ride, just positive guy. Yeah, super positive guy. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like a lot of the stuff that is going on right now is is really good. Um, I don't know how much I can really get into. Uh, there's one thing I can't announce. Actually, there's two things I can't. There's a third that I'm not supposed to. But let's just say that if you're listening to this podcast and subscribing, rating, reviewing, downloading, and telling all your friends about it um, through this platform, there's a really good chance we'll be doing this at least for uh, another year. So that is uh, that's good news. And that is I don't know. I'm kind of confirming this, but I'm not really. I, you know, I'm just I'm trying not to make anybody mad. But there's just um. There's like three tiers to everything that's happening. In the first tier, I can say, yeah, you know, things look good. All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, I don't know. Should I complain about the hits in preseason football like everybody else? I mean, does it really bother you? Well, look, I, I get the point. Like one of my biggest pet peeves with the illegal hits all the time are when the defensive player is targeting lower and the offensive player lowers himself into the hit and then it's on the defensive player. But I feel like these penalties are a lot like DUIs in Sweden. And you're going to go, wait a minute, Ryan, how do you know about DUIs in Sweden? Well, the reason I know about it is not because I've gotten one. And, um, you know, despite, uh, despite, and like, I just, from a very young age, I was never going to drive. Um, probably because, you know, I could tell you that I was a moralist and that I, I thought it was a horrible thing to do. But I think I was so afraid of my father growing up, I just kind of got it in my head that I would never drive and I would always, you know, take a cab or sometimes walk. Um, but in Sweden, in the U.S., uh, over over the BAC is .08, right? And I remember when that changed, because I think it even was .1 at one point when I was younger. I'm almost positive it was. And then 
I remember like older people complaining that it was .08 because you want to have a couple pinos at dinner and, you know, still be able to drive home, right? Because that's how we look at life. Like life is convenience. And when people are voting on stuff, meaning the people in power, are they voting for us or are they really voting for themselves? And the first time I ever really that dawned on me and how politicians work is that, you know, when you think about going to dinner and corking wine and leaving with it and you're like, well, wait a minute, what if I get fireball at bottle service? Can I, and I don't finish that. Can I just put a cork in that bottle and, and go home with it? Well, no. No, because politicians aren't getting bottle service at Vegas and leaving with half a bottle of Fireball. So that law is never going to pass. But if you get a nice Chardonnay, something oaky, or maybe a steel barrel, which is a little cleaner, then you're going to vote to say, yeah, look, I get dinner. I sit there with my wife. I don't finish my nice bottle of wine. I like to bring it home either for a nightcap or maybe you're really weird and have a lot of free time and just pour yourself one in the AM. So what I'm telling you is that when you think about laws, they're almost, <laughs> are they a reflection of what we collectively want? Yeah, sometimes, maybe, ideally, but a lot of times it's no, I can relate to this, I can't relate to the other thing. So I don't know if politicians would ever relate to what they have in Sweden, and that is a BAC, if you're over .02, it's a DUI, because studies say at .05 you are impaired, but in the States it's .08. So if you were to ask everybody, hey, should we make it .02, and then if you're over that, it's immediately five months in prison and a year without your license, would everybody vote for it and say, yes, this is great because this is what I want. I want people to be safer. I want less people to die. Like, that's what we should want, right? We should want that. Or more people go like, dude, I want to have two Coors Lights in 90 minutes and watch a game and be able to have to drive home and not get a cab every time or have, you know, Uber. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a version of something where you go, that would be really nice to have, where everybody was more conscious and no one would ever get behind the wheel even after one beer. But I think more people would be like, dude, I, I want to be able to have a beer or two and then be able to drive home, right? That's what people would want. So the reason I'm making this analogy is because it's a lot like what's happening, I think, with the illegal hits. The NFL wants the players to be in Sweden. They want the players to play in a way that is so safe, even if it annoys them, it is better for the greater good long term. The NFL, from a just a popularity standpoint, and I'm not even talking about television ratings, but if, if the NFL were Q rating, right? Like basketball is probably David Muir and and the NFL is if Jerry Springer were on GMA. Right? And I don't even know what Jerry Springer's Q. I'm trying to think of like somebody with a Q rating that would be lower. Like there are these, these network guys that are 6'4, they have great hair, Josh Elliott. And it's like, man, he's so handsome, but he's not like Fabio. It's, it's this, it's this handsome thing that, you know, is, is like wholesome also. That's what the NBA is. Like it has that high Q rating, even though branding wise is not the same thing. Whereas the NFL is just so, it's the anchor with like an eye patch and a mole. And you're like, dude, get some, get some whitening strips. And because it is that now, and it's the NFL owner's own fault. Um, you know, you take money from the military, from the taxpayers, and then just throw a bunch of troops out on the side of the field and act like you're doing something good when you're making a profit on it. Like, screw you guys. When you look at the breakup of the profits on the breast cancer awareness pink gear, it's embarrassing. Like, you can Google this stuff and find it all. It's a joke. 
And I don't love the, hey, the NFL's the worst guy either, which I feel like is almost everybody that is my media brethren, because that gets played out a little bit. But the NFL owners have, have just been so disrespectful to you, to us, to the fan base, that, you know, they, they kind of, they kind of, it's their own fault in a way. And I'm not even getting into any of the anthem stuff because I actually would tell you the owners in the NFL, like, sure, you can say they screwed up, but like, you know, the NBA does the exact same thing and nobody even gets mad at them about it. You know, so the NFL found this way of becoming less popular as an ownership group. And I, I do think it's their own, like, just being obtuse about the whole time uh, or all these things. And now between concussion awareness, which is totally overblown, and I still give my man Danny Cannell a lot of credit about this. He asked questions that it felt like nobody else was asking about the validity of what this stuff is. Are concussions an issue? Simple answer, yes. Are less kids playing it? Absolutely. I totally get it. Are kids in the South going to stop playing football? No. It's not going to happen. Did your, you know, do you have an uncle? Or do you have a brother that has a kid who's in northern Florida that isn't going to play football and you're listening to this podcast saying, oh, wait a minute, Rosillo, my nephew's not playing football. Well, congrats. Like, congrats on your study of one. I don't think the South is going to stop playing football. But because all of this stuff has been handled the wrong way, so many in the media don't like the NFL. That's not me. I don't understand doing those podcasts or I don't understand doing those radio shows where you just sit there and go, oh, this is the worst. And it's like, I still want to know what other people are going to be doing on Sundays. Um so now that we have this thing where the NFL is like, dude, all we're trying to do is make this thing safer because I thought that's what everybody wanted. And all these former players are sitting there suing us. Current players are wearing hats that say make football violent again. So which one? Which one do you want? Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make this thing safer. We're going to make it safer for other generations. Whatever the perception is, real or inaccurate or exaggerated, we're going to try to change the story, just like Don Draper and Mad Men. If you don't like what they're saying about you, change the story. I think he did that with Heinz Beans, or maybe it was another pitch in Mad Men. I don't know. I lose track sometimes. But you're so mad about these penalties, which I'll admit are stupid and they're inconsistent, shockingly, just like all punishment in life. If you're a parent, how do you punish your kids? Do you have a tier? Do you have a chart of punishments on a whiteboard where they're just tiers where all the infractions are defined and then all the punishments relate perfectly? Or do you have a bad day at work and your kid does something stupid and you send him to his room for a violation that normally you wouldn't be as upset about? Okay, so punishment is never consistent. The penalties will never be called consistently. So, yes, they are frustrating. They seem unfair. I agree with Richard Sherman on his tweet on this whole deal. But you can't have a previous generation sue this league for hundreds of millions of dollars and then say, ah, screw it. We don't care. We don't want to make it safer because we're we're upset that a bunch of people are going to tweet all this negativity about our inconsistency with these penalties. I understand what the NFL is trying to do. They want players thinking, I can't make this hit. Even if it feels awful right now, they want everyone second-guessing the attacking style, the leading with the head, even if they're going to be brutal penalties. They want guys thinking just like the guy in Sweden that has one Hefeweizen, which I know is, I think, a German beer, they want that guy going, nope, I'm not even going to have this beer because the, the BAC now is .02. Assess that analogy, Saruti. No, I think it makes sense, but you say like they're, they're looking at what's best for the league. I, I guess in, in the sense that, yeah, they don't want to get sued, but I just wonder like, do the fans want this? Like Lewis Riddick has said that fans and even some players, they like, like we saw with the, uh, the Vikings guy, like they like the game the way it is. They like it violent. They, some of them play it for the violence. So I just wonder like if, if you're alienating your core fan base by taking away the one part of the game that people really kind of latch onto, they like the violence of it. Do you think that's the number one thing people watch? Because I don't. 
I don't, I don't, I mean, like, we've always, like, if they make it into this sort of flag football type league, are people, people gonna be as interested in it? I don't know. I think people like it. It's like a gladiatorial type deal. Like, it's not the same thing as back in, you know, uh, Maximus Aurelius' time, but like, I don't know. I think that's why people like the sport. I think people, especially when they're confused with what's happening and they're used to seeing hits that are now being flagged and everyone throwing their hands up in the air and nobody has any idea what's going on. I think that's a horrific look for the league and it will hurt its popularity. I don't, I don't know if the lack of violence will hurt his popularity. I think you and I, you know, are close enough in age, even though, you know, a generation apart here that I know that that's kind of what it was always about. But I remember when these penalties first started happening. And if we give Ampel today, we'll talk about it. But like he lost his mind nine years ago when James Harrison, you know, got fined. Like all of a sudden the fines just changed. They were massive and everybody got really mad about it. If you go back and watch those hits now, you would have no issue with somebody getting suspended for some of that stuff. So I think it's a bit like gradualism. Is that, okay, yeah, this is going to suck right now, but we want you to... Like, it is unfair. Some of these are absurd. I'm not saying that, but I guess, you know, as I've always tried to do with content, and maybe this is the problem with Twitter, you're sitting at home, you see something you don't like, all right, I'll send out my tweet, but when I read a hundred of them, it's like, okay, well, what are we all saying here? Like, we get it. So I've been thinking about it more and more, and I go, we can all not like it, but I actually kind of understand what the NFL is trying to do. And by the way, trying to figure out exactly how to execute this stuff and screwing it up in the preseason. Like, let them screw it up in the preseason. And if we're at week nine and it's still going on um, and it's not cleaned up a little bit, then that's a major problem. And then, of course, replay guy chimes in and goes, these need to be replayed. I'm like, yeah, let's definitely replay more stuff because that is always a good time. And by the way, in slow motion, everything's going to look like an illegal hit. Mm-hmm. You know, because even if you're telling me, hey, the receiver changed his lowered his target so therefore you know it was it wasn't fair to the defensive player the way this thing's being defined right now the defensive player leading with his helmet even if he was aiming at the abdomen and then ends up hitting the other guy's helmet they're going to make sure it's still yeah, a penalty because they're the going to want though. they're going to want to change everybody's mindset and that's that's kind of the point that I'm making. Like we are in this transition of them going, we don't care how bad this looks. We don't care how unfair it feels. We want these guys to start tackling differently because we want to keep running out our campaign that football is family. When the football like world, when their PRP, when the, when the, when the negativity was so strong about this league, then they started pumping out like, Hey, have sex during the Super Bowl. Cause look at all these babies in August. Remember those ads? Football is family. Like that was <laughs> yeah. a very, calculated PR message that we're making this about family. Get your kids playing football because that is that is the path to keeping this thing relevant. And so when the story is that no one's kids ever want to play football, which is totally exact. Like I've looked at the participation numbers. Depends on what you want to look at. There's a dip, but it's it's not that much. And you could argue even more high schools are playing football now. Um, I, I just... I guess I'm just trying to find a way to give you a version of this story that's different than everybody else where, you know, hey, don't like football. That That's fine. But I, I think at some point you have to, like, give these owners – I mean, no one's ever going to feel bad for these guys. But, like, there's part of me that's like, well, what do you want them to do? Like, you're telling them they're wrong. I have media members sitting there saying, I feel complicit in the violence and death of former players by just simply sitting at home on Sunday and watching. Well, then don't watch. You know what I mean? Then don't watch it. But, like, you can't get on the owners for every little thing about this league when all they've been told is how dangerous and how our mindset has changed about this sport and then go, 
oh, wait a minute, now you're calling stupid penalties? Screw you guys. Like, that's not fair. You have to pick one. And even though I always wonder, is it two separate categories voicing their beliefs at different times? I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of overlap there with just, I'm going to complain about everything on Twitter, guy, because I don't like the NFL anymore. So, I agree with you in that sense, but like we were talking to John Fox yesterday, and he basically was talking about the issue with this is that the NFL didn't consult with anyone. They just said, hey, here's the new rule, didn't talk to any coaches, defensive players, whatever, and just said, deal with it. And that's that to me seems like something that, that's problematic. Like You should at least have some sort of partnership where you're saying, hey, show them examples, what you should and shouldn't do, instead of just dropping this new rule and then having everybody freak out about it, which seems like the theme of the NFL to like keep shooting themselves in the foot with these minor decisions that they make when you're like, why didn't you just consult with somebody and then no one had an issue with it? You know what I mean? Like I feel like they keep doing things like that. Okay. And that's why we keep attacking the NFL. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I also think that's a little bit like life, though. I think anytime you're told to do something, the first thing, instead of saying, okay, I'll do that, you go, wait a minute, why don't you ask me first? And a lot of the reasons people don't ask the other person first is because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to make it a negotiation. I mean, I'm so sick of all these committees that we all have to have. So, yes, I understand the player side and the anthem thing of going, like, you guys couldn't talk to us about it, but... All right, what are we going to do? We're going to get 17 different people to give us different inputs, and then when we decide to go one direction, the other 16 people say, oh, you didn't even listen to us. Like, we talked, you didn't even listen. Like, I think that's human nature, man. I think that's how this whole thing works. Like, baseball has this problem where Manfred, who I really like, has a major problem because they can't make any changes that are better for the game long term because the players just go, nope, don't want to do it. And look, for all the steroid stuff with the baseball, that was the players' fault as much as anything else. The players used, and then Donald Fair and those guys fought it, and their first, go back and look at how absurd the suspension thing was. It was like first test, no one knows. Second test, no one knows. Third test is like five. I mean, it was a joke. And it was the players fighting that as much as anything else. And the players are doing it again where they're fighting any change that actually improves what this game will mean to younger people later on. And, you know, like, so when people say, oh, they should have, they should have negotiated, they should have talked about this a little bit more. Yes, in a vacuum. Yes, they should have. They should have all gotten on the same page. But guess what? None of these people ever get on the same page about any of this stuff. And that's why the owners are like, screw it. Let's just go with this thing. Hey, the NBA says, you know, like, you got to do the anthem. So we're going to do the anthem because we're worried about, I don't know if it's 50, is it 60% of their viewership? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what that number is. I know what population breakdowns are. So, uh, look, I don't like these flags either, but I kind of, I kind of get the point. I kind of get the point of what it is, as absurd as the execution is. Okay. Van Pelt just sent a text. He said he's good to go, Saruti. Let's go. Let's give him a call. His cell, I guess. Yeah. Should I give that to you right now? Do you have it? I have it. Yeah. I'll let it just should, I, should I say it on the podcast? <laughs> Do the, one, two, wait, didn't one, like, two, yeah, wait, didn't these. like, that happened to PFT, right? Didn't like they accidentally, like the Barstool guys, like accidentally sent out his cell phone number? Uh, yeah, I think, did they do and, that? I think so. Like the, Either that it or was, uh, it was Billy name. Football. It was the intern kid. Oh yeah. Whatever happened to Billy Football? I didn't hear about him at all this summer. Is that like, I think he went to college. one, yeah, I know, but uh, why wasn't he back this summer? Why are we talking about their intern on the? I'll you know what though? Out, don't worry about it. No, no, no. Leave it in. Leave you on. All right. Yeah, leave, leave it, it in. Hold on. Call Van Pelt now. Okay. Talk amongst yourself. I have my drapes in. Just a couple people were asking about that. They're terrific. A really nice drape can bring a room together. And I never understood that when I was younger. I also couldn't afford it, so that was the other thing. Drapes. When you're not making a ton of coin. And you write out your to-do list for, like, I like to do a to-do list every Sunday night. 
And uh, I go, all right, this is what we're doing this week. And it's amazing. You just get more stuff done because it's this list. You go, I wrote the list down. Like, what am I, just a list guy and then I'm not going to execute? What am I doing, buying books that I don't read to look cool? Like, you can't do that. Although I have a few books that I bought and went, I don't know if I actually am going to read this. Um, Dude, what kind of what kind of weekend bender were you on? <laughs> uh you know, I was uh, I was at the kiddie pool with three underage uh, five kids, um, a lot of swim diapers, and uh, praying your kid doesn't take a dump in the pool when he's announcing to everybody, "I'm pooping, I'm pooping." So it was a, it was a, it was a ripper. Dude, are those your kids? Or are we doing like an ally afraidy thing here? Uh, slap shot. Uh, no, they're they're mine. Uh, documented. Oh, all right. I don't even know if that. Uh... Not to call out any hockey players. I just, you know, I, I have no idea what I'm Understood. talking about right Understood. now. Uh, what's up, man? You. Everyone loves you. Yeah, you know what's weird is I can't really confirm or deny anything technically right now. But um, Oh, 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 my bad. No, you're not. You're not. You're not doing anything wrong. I just was waiting all on right. a text back today. By the time this podcast is out, all of this could be um, good to go. But, uh. Yeah, I um, Yeah, yeah, you know, make hope hopefully. Uh but yeah, I don't know. Now I feel like that was what we were going to do on the podcast and now we can't really do it. But you know what? That's fine cuz I don't think I really want to do that at all. I just did a long riff on why Sweden's DUI rules are a lot like the NFL's new penalty rules in that yeah, a .02 BAC is super frustrating if you live in Sweden, but they've just accepted it mm-hmm. and they don't have drunk driving mm-hmm. because they they just approach it differently. I know you, like many, are are freaking out. Like, what do you think the NFL, like, what do you make of this whole thing? Because I think it's them trying to go, wait a minute, I thought we were the super unsafe dead game, and now we're trying to make it safe, and everybody hates us still? Well, I said on the show before the first week of uh, preseason games, the exact same thing that you and I said about targeting in college. You remember when we did just basically, like, we just threw it out there. Hey, look, just everybody out there knows, like, there's targeting in college now, and it's going to happen to one of your teams, and you're going to freak out because they're going to kick one of your players out, and you're going to look at your buddy and go, they just kicked him out. He's playing football. And it's like, hey, buddy, they changed the rules. It's not that hard to keep up, but you just, the practical application of this is going to surprise you. And We've seen a number of examples, whether it was there was a safety in the Arizona game, and I think it was week one, like an open field tackle that appeared to be textbook. There was a San Francisco uh, uh, special teams player who tackled a Texans player that appeared to be basically a textbook tackle, and these are getting flagged. And so people are, are wigging out, which doesn't surprise me, uh, I get what the NFL is trying to do. I just, you can't legislate out some contact of, of people's heads because they're attached to the rest of your body. And I just, I don't know how this is going to look in real time. Like, you know, in when we get to week one, is it the kind of thing, Ryan, like in college basketball where they have points of emphasis in October, they come into everybody's practice and they go, hey, listen, Freedom of movement, you're not going to be able to put your hand on a dude. Okay. November and December, they call it all. By the time conference play starts, they start to ease it. And then by the time you're into February, it's back to being a bloodbath. Well, is it going to be similar to that? I don't I don't know. I don't. Th- I think the NFL, is, from everything I read, they're going to dig their heels in on this and just sort of say, hey, man, you sued us, so here we are. 
Okay. Um, I like. Do you have any friends that say they're going to stop watching the NFL? Like, this is always one of those things I, where I feel like, I mean, no, are we are we too no. immersed in it? Are we right for being too immersed in it? Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, when somebody's like, oh, I'm, you know how many tweets I saw this summer? Like, oh, I'm done. Are you? What what are you doing on Sundays? You gonna get you gonna get right with God more often now? Like what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, come on, you you're gonna suddenly you know, hey, you know, I, I've lived in I've lived here in Bethesda, Maryland for all my life, but you know what I'm gonna do this Sunday? I'm going to the Smithsonian. Never been, can't wait. Then I'm, next week I'm gonna go to the Air and Space. And by the way, they're all fantastic places. You should go check them out. If you've spent your whole life on the couch watching football, whether it's rooting for the Redskins or rooting for your fantasy team or being a gambler, you're not suddenly waking up and tapping out on this because of some rules that change what you used to understand to be football, what they are now. You're just, I just, you can say it all day on Twitter. I just don't believe you. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't believe anybody. And then when, you know, I run into like, obviously, you know, how close I am in the film industry. I spoke at the Greenwich yeah. Film Festival twice, and um, you know, I was in I was in the back room <laughs> with some guys, and and the kids were were talking. They were all dressed up. They'd just come from a football game, but it was flag. And and the director, um, this woman Colleen, who I've known a really long time, she's awesome. And she walked in and she looked at the young guys, and she's like, "Oh, flag!" And she, they they were like, "Yeah, we don't play football." And she just goes, "Yeah, because of concussions." And then everybody in the room was just like, "Yeah, what are you nuts?" Like they're kids, can't have them play that sport. And then you know you drive from Tuscaloosa to Starkville, and you go, you know who's not quitting junior football? <laughs> like, right. That whole that whole highway that we just went down. Um, speaking of museums, so I did get up mm-hmm. for. Uh, I lived in the city for nine days. I don't think I slept more than three hours any night. I was there, not because I was going out, but because I had to get up for get up. That's why they call it that show, because you got to get up at 3.34 in the morning. And I just couldn't Yikes. sleep. Right. And I was West Coast time now, and I, I literally couldn't fall asleep. So every day I would go in on just a couple hours of sleep. And on a Saturday, I wanted to go up to Rucker, to Harlem. I was flirting with trying to play. I don't Come care on. what anybody says. Well, dude, have you seen some of the guys that play in those games? Some of those guys suck. Right. In, in everyone's mind, it's, it's the night that Durant showed up and scored 60 or Dr. J back 100 years ago and people are hanging off the tops of buildings to watch. I'm sure it's a bunch of dudes that are doing like, you know, fancy dribbles because everyone thinks they should be in the league or, or whatever. Uh, I, I, yeah, but also, also, there's some guys that can go. And, well, you know, dude, I'm not I'm not saying like Rutgers overrated. Um I, you know, I'm not saying these guys are terrible. I'm just saying that, like, in the, I'm sure you could run into a, like a weird time at Rucker where you could run up and down and not make a complete fool out of yourself. I also just right, wanted like to go, a, like, like, like during like a shift change when the, when the morning wave makes way for the afternoon wave. Maybe there's kind of there's kind of some dudes out there that just sort of wandered out and like you know like want to get some shots up. Maybe, maybe, maybe that could have happened. So that's my theory, right? That's my theory. <laughs> And, and you know what? Like it could very. I hope somebody tags this podcast and says Ryan Rosillo, Rucker sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll happen. Because that's how this goes, it's, right? It's gonna happen. Uh, I did play my first pickup game in Manhattan Beach yesterday. Uh, I would like to say it went well. Everybody was a lot younger than me. They were also a lot smaller than me. So I knew right away. I went. 
you know what? I think I'm going to be all right today. Not a ton of size out here. But speaking of size, the reason I'm saying this is so that Saturday when I wanted to go to Rucker, because I woke up, I slept in a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm in the city. I don't really have anything to do. So I'm going to go like do something great. Rucker was out because of the rain. So I took the 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 sea train north and I went to the Natu, uh, Natural Museum of History, right? Or Museum uh-huh. of Natural. I forget. I forget the order of the words. And here's the thing, Scott. In one of the busiest cities in the world with one of the most famous museums in the world, and it's raining out, a lot of people go to that museum on a Saturday. So I, that was not an original thought. It was the worst. worst, One of the worst calls I've ever made. Uh, because, because it was crowded and, and it just you couldn't see stuff? Or because, like, Ben Stiller and uh, all the little guys, were, all the little Indians that get shrunk, or were the E little in the, you know that movie? Not at the museum? Jenga? What's that movie? Jenga? I, I think so. No, Jumanji. I think I don't. Whatever it is, I just know that was were there people, were there tribes of Dude, Lego Ninja. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's Night at the Museum, right? That's it. So see, there we go. What? Uh, why did so? What, why did this suck? Because there was everyone was there, or just because people were mobbing you, obviously, because they saw you get up because the numbers were up when you were up. <laughs> <No> big deal. <laughs> I was sitting there looking at. Um... <laughs> These platypus skeletons and some guys like man. He goes, your WNBA segment was awesome on Get Up. Um, there you go. No, it was because so what, it was just mobbed. It, it mobbed foreign people, and I don't know. Can you be racist if you say stuff about Finnish people? Because I do have Finnish friends, so not to do the whole like, hey, I do have a lot of friends that are of Finnish descent from people from mm-hmm. Finland. And there's a lot of Scandinavian content on the podcast so far. But I feel like people from sure. Scandinavia are the moving screens of society. They just, they're enormous, <laughs> broad shoulders. The kid is always 6'4. The wife played volleyball somewhere at university. And they just, they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're peaceful people. But the way they they're stand, the way. like you, you can't ever get around them. So Fair. in review, working on not a lot of sleep, faded rucker. Rainy day, went to the museum, and there was just a bunch of Finnish people in your way trying to check out some history. Yeah, so that was that was the uh, the grown up thing. I still there's the problem is I went to that museum like six or seven years ago. Not a lot mm-hmm. has changed. You know, I signed up for the like you know they 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 kind of upsell you on these other experiences, and I wanted to see like the deep sea. And there was a sandbox in like a video game. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not seven. This isn't going to be as much fun. So don't buy the but upsell think about thing. It. All, all the history that's happened has already happened. So how are, you gonna, how are they going to make it better? I thought a lot of stuff in the last seven years may have changed some of the displays. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> but the net net of all of this is here's, here's what you're going to do on Sundays. Whether you're pissed off at the rules or not, you're going to watch football because it's just what else. You, know, you wait all year for football, and you can be mad that the rules are, are different. But, I mean, what's the alternative? Finish moving screens. Right. So that's the point. Yeah. So don't go. I'm actually texting you a picture. Uh, some of our mutual friends, I had a, uh, I did a bunch of museum pictures for them. So mm-hmm. I was doing so, sort of like a, a, a constant, I don't know, it was – I was keeping like a a live, a live yeah, stream. It wasn't really a live stream because we couldn't FaceTime or anything. But we, we mutual friends. I was sending all of my my pictures from the museum, and I thought it was like the funniest thing in the world for about ten pictures, and then they stopped commenting, and I, I realized I was no one really liked it. Um, can we talk yeah. about your boy James Franklin? What that he's overrated? 
I love those articles, okay? And I, yeah. I think it's really funny where everybody's like, oh, put your name on it, put your name on it. Like, if you had to put your name on everything, our jobs would be a lot less interesting and we would have no trade rumors or draft rumors or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll admit I was skeptical of them. I've always said even those Vandy wins, and look, everybody kills me when I say this. You can go ahead and do it too. I think when you look at how bad the SEC East was, nine wins, even at Vandy, like I wasn't really sure if that was like, it wasn't like he turned his program around because they sucked immediately again. But the Penn State, like to me, like people that don't like Harbaugh, shut up. But like if you're a college coach and you've had your team flirting with being one of the four teams in the playoff in the last couple years, that means you're doing something and it's real. And I understand why people may say he's he's overrated. But like at this point, I think you kind of have to give that up. And that's from somebody that probably was anti him uh, in the media. This is one of those situations where both things can be true. I think we struggle with that because everybody wants it to be either it's either this or that. And in this case, it can be both because I remember vividly doing the segments on the show talking about Vanderbilt. And it's and it was, hey, James Franklin deserves credit for making Vanderbilt relevant and getting them to bowl games and anchored down and doing all of the things that you got to do social media wise to build a little bit of excitement around your program. And yes, they won games when Auburn was like, Oh, and 12, I think. Right. Uh, and Vanderbilt went and, and then Tennessee was down. Yada, yada. Like but every, every like mattered. Vanderbilt has never beaten this team since like he, he accomplished all of those in those two exactly. years. And exactly. part of it. Yeah, right. You're like, oh my God, Vanderbilt doesn't suck right now. But like when Missouri comes in and starts winning the division, I think that tells you how bad, and you know, Missouri fans go nuts with this, but like collectively look at how bad the East was over those years. And, but you know, I'm, I'm saying that also understanding I'm not being fair because it's also Vanderbilt. So I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself. He made them matter more than they have mattered before or since. And they also benefited from winning games against teams that weren't at their at their peak levels of being whatever they've been in the SEC. So that part can be true. And then you go to Penn State, and, you know, th- that game they won, that whiteout game against Ohio State, if you go back and look at like, the statistics from that night, and, like, I think they had nine first downs, and, and they got a block kick, and they won, and at the end of it, you kind of shrug and think, how did they win that game? But they won that game, and they have, to your point, won the Big Ten, been right there on the fringe of the playoffs, and have done incredibly well recruiting, which doesn't surprise anybody because of the, you know James is a dynamic guy and and connects with people. Uh, so I think I think the coaches that say that um, they don't they, they, what's what's the what's the word that, that you'll always hear people mutter you know privately about about him that's that's supposed to be a negative. They'll say like salesman, right? Yeah, car because salesman. The, the Not even pre-owned. <laughs> but any right, and it has a bad. It doesn't have. You get no Carfax. Um, but you can't. You, you you say that about him. Uh, the people that would say that are saying it like, oh, like kind of an eye roll. Like they think it's it's like some magic show, or they don't. Well, that's probably people he's beating on the on the trail to get players, and then probably people he's beating on the field. Um, on Saturdays, it's it's gotten them to uh, you know to 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 the playoff and and just one other thing as I'm rambling thinking about James Franklin, go back and look, they were trailing Minnesota two seasons ago at home in the rain and people wanted him gone 
and they came back and won in overtime. They were underdogs at home against Maryland the following week, and they beat them, and then they didn't lose again and went to the Big and You don't go in there and just beat the Terps. No, it was it was a home game. There. They were at that, home. That you just said, thing. "Oh my God!" They were yeah, home, they were home. They were home underdogs. This was two seasons ago. It's, 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 I'm not making it up. So it just speaks. No to one's going to remember. So don't worry. Of course not. But but other than other than me. But what he's managed to do <laughs> is do a real quick 180 with perception. Do a, do a really good job on the recruiting trail. Win a Big Ten. Be right there on the fringe of the playoff. Go to the Rose Bowl. Win. Beat Washington and whatever that bowl's called now. Um, and Jesus. you know anybody that to me anybody that's that's mad or, or ripping them or not giving them credit, I think they're just failing to acknowledge where things really are at the moment. Yeah, like, and the Harbaugh thing adds to it too. Like, he's definitely toned it down a bit since the recruiting sleepovers and you know just thing after thing after thing. But like, I I just think it's a, another it's another just a. a a peek into the souls of, of where, where we're all at. Like everybody wants to be right so much and everybody wants to win the argument, you know, and I'm not even talking about this stuff on air. I'm talking about like you with your buddies that when Harbaugh comes up and somebody goes, Oh, well, you know, what's he ever won? You know, how bad are the quarterbacks been? And you're like, dude, he won at San Diego, not San Diego state. He made Stanford what it is today. And congrats to Shaw for keeping it going. We all think he's great too. And you got to a Super Bowl and are a pass away from maybe winning the thing. And Michigan was flirting with the playoff. They were in the playoff conversation, and it really was only ex-Michigan players that put them in their final four, Desmond Howard. But like if you're if you're if you're a college football fan going meh to to Jim Harbaugh, then then we can't talk. Okay? Because then all you're saying is that it's Saban, Urban, and I guess Dabo now, right? Because then everybody else sucks. Nobody else is good. So you're saying out of 120 plus and 60 or so that we take seriously and maybe 30 that are even whiffing, like, could everything break the right way? And it's not even 30. You're saying, like, three guys are good. And that, to me, is absurd. And I'm not telling you Franklin's my number one pick or I am have Franklin three after those other guys or four after Dabo. And the reason I'm saying that if Clemson, and their recruiting is so insane and their depth is so good that I don't see him falling off and this freshman quarterback is so good that the other freshman quarterback already bounced and may take over for Kelly, who's pretty good himself. Um, You know, he's all right. But like I, that, to me, is so incredibly frustrating where we're doing this just jerkish, Oh yeah, what's he ever won? As if the only thing that defines you as a current, like an active good college football coach is that you've won a title. And like, I don't, this, this stuff, people need to be less strict when they're talking about coaches this way. Okay. But th- this is, this is fun because this is, you and I agree so much so often that we would rarely have moments of manufacturing. Uh oh. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. So I'm not about to tell you Harbaugh's not good or that Harbaugh hasn't succeeded and done a great job in San Francisco and Stanford and San Diego before that. But what he suffers from, and I don't, I don't think that there's a counter to this because, I mean, I think these are just facts. What he suffers from is right now what the Big Ten East has become is what the SEC West has been for so long, which is an incredibly tough place to get graded. Because if you're going to grade off, well, they've never finished better than third in the S- in the Big Ten East, well, that that's accurate. And so that becomes something that you struggle with when this 
when the perception of who you are is that you're this, you know, you're a winner at the highest level. Well, okay, Ohio State and Penn State are on your side of the division, and Michigan State has had incredible success in in recent years against Michigan. So. I'm with you. Like, if you wanted to act like he's no good, that's idiotic. But I also think that it's an important year for Michigan to to trade some punches, man. You can't keep losing to Ohio State, and you given what Pe- State, given right. what Pe- given what Penn State has, and they, they 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 still somehow try to do the little brother bit to Michigan State. Michigan State's like, have you looked at the last decade? Right. Because we, I can count, I can count during the last decade, and Michigan State has owned that series in the last decade. So you got an in-state rival you can't be bothered to acknowledge. You got your big rival who they can't beat now, and you got Penn State who's who's just tiptoed right on past them in the last couple of years. So, is it is it fair to say about Harbaugh that yeah he's been really good everywhere he's been, and now here at his alma mater he's at not a I'm at crossroads because what are you going to run the guy? No, but this is a really important year for them, in my opinion. To to, to you can't go zero three against those rivals this year. No, you're right. When you added up the record that way, but I guess, yeah, I don't think you disagreed with me as much as I thought you were going to when you started that thing. Like I can't, I can't counter that thing. But it always gets back. It's kind of like my Chris Paul thing. It's like, has he not won, or is he incapable of winning? And it's like, do you think right. Harbaugh's not going to figure it out? Like, I don't think the Ohio State first down marker thing is right. I think Michigan fans bend the, the screen grab to show you that it's a first down. But you know, there's, there are, I think, two or three plays. That would make that record feel a lot more, you know, like, hey, look, it's 500 isn't great either, but it wouldn't be as the disastrous headline. Like, I think if somebody goes, oh, yeah, this guy's overrated. He stinks. Look how he's, he's fared against his rivals in the last couple of years when I'm like, okay, but he still was flirting with a playoff thing and hasn't really figured out the quarterback. I'm fascinated with the Shea Patterson thing because, you know, he's, you know, people can say they know, but if you haven't watched Shea Patterson, it's, it's kind of wild. I mean, that dude. I agree runs a, like I don't know if I like it or if it's a disaster and like Harbaugh in a way like he has to rein him in a little bit because it's I it's just it's just different it's just different it's it's um it, it's really fun at times but it's kind of chaos too it's just an incredibly odd pairing you know it really like, is when I when I think of Michigan it's it's I mean, remember when, when we would talk about Rich Rod when he was the coach there, and I always said it was like a guy in a jean jacket at a black tie wedding. Like, it just didn't fit in. And there's a little bit of that here just in the style that he plays. And just look at the video and, and, and look at what Mississippi's running and then think about what Michigan runs or, or your perception of what Michigan runs. And, you know, just the idea of, you know, eye formation and tight ends and whatever. It's, it's not that Patterson isn't capable of that. It's just, I don't, when I close my eyes and picture him running around, it's not in a Michigan uniform. And so I get why they're psyched that he's there because they're like, oh, this guy's going to do it. And he might, but I'm, I agree. It's just, it's a, it's an interesting slash odd marriage uh, of styles for a coach that, that is entering a really important year. I mean, but look, if you go back and look when he, you know, when Patterson came out, he was, I don't remember what he was rated, but I want to, I'm, I'm almost sure he was a no, five-star guy. No, no, I think he's guy. a five-star guy. Yeah, no, that was a huge I'm pretty deal. sure. Yeah. But, you know, so it was Stanford Steve, so you, mean, you never know. Um, and Yeah, but they made – the thing about Stanford is they screwed Steve because they made him – I mean, he could have been the quarterback at Notre Dame. And somebody's going to hear us say that right now and go, what? Yep, Bob Davey exactly. wanted Stanford Steve to be the quarterback at Notre Dame, and Steve said no and played tight end at the farm. 
Yeah, and block. you got went to Stanford and ate eight thousand cheeseburgers in block. <laughs> and partied with Digital Underground in an all white Yankees hat. In an, in an all white Yankees hat. He's the best. Um True story. He, We're going but, to he and I are going to USC Austin together. Really? Yeah, he booked his flights. Tom Herman alert. We're gonna be on the sideline. Oh, he was tweeting at you about like about your shirt size and stuff like that. That was good fun. Herman's fascinated with my shirt size. I consider him a close friend. Um, but yeah, and I'm going to take you, one. You challenge take... him to an incline. Challenge him to an incline uh, dumbbell press, and then say, "Then I get to whoever wins can decide what kind of shirt I get to wear." Dumbbell? I'll simple. kill him. I'll kill him on a dumbbell yeah. incline. Straight. Of course bar. you will. That's what. That's. I'm trying to help you out oh. just so you can have shirt games, you know, dialed in. I'm trying to trying to do two things at once here. Um, and I, I'm afraid I'm forgetting. I'm going to bring one. Um, actually, we're going to do a giveaway. I'm going to bring one podcast listener, just a, a rando, with Stanford Steve and I to stand on the sidelines with us um, for that Austin game. That that one could be really super annoying by the middle of the first quarter. No, I'm actually lying. There's no way in hell I'm doing that. But thanks for subscribing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything? Can you, you imagine? Wanted? Like, can you imagine if it's like Party Brad, uh, or if, or if uh, I would have done it with Party Brad? Do you know the secret identity? I can't give out the secret identity of Party Brad, but I had no idea who he was. He's like a real dude, and basketball people would know who he is in a very odd way. And Steve obviously has hung out with Party Brad in real life. Party Brad's amazing. He's like a real dude, and he was one of the best content guys for the mailbag. But but you're, you're hoping it's Party Brad, and you might get stuck with some really, really sketchy person who, like I said, by the middle of the first quarter, you're like, could you please, please just take it on down the road? Party so no, no, no mailbag winner. No mailbag winner's getting to hang out with you guys. You can't risk that weekend. No, no, I can't. The problem is, is I have a the only return flights I can get to L.A. are at 6 a.m., and <laughs> I, this, is, this is this is McShane flashbacks from uh, from Radio Game Day on the road in Lubbock. Radio Game Day, we would have just said, okay, you know, see at four a.m. at the at the airport. And now I kind of like sleeping, you know, even even after that game, because I feel like Friday will be the night that Steve and I, you know, take it all take it all in, get some street tacos, maybe go to sure. a drive-in. Uh, but I, it, happens, was there... it happens to us all. It happens to us all. We start prioritizing sleep. And then, and then this is the crazy thing that happens, and, and you'll get there, pal. One day one day you'll end up with, with little youngsters running around, and then even if you wanted to sleep, you can't. It's a cruel trick your body plays on itself where just total total wide open morning. Kids could be wherever. You're, you got time to sleep. You just can't. It's like God taps you on the shoulder and goes, hey, buddy. And then you wake up, and then you look at your phone to see what time it is, and then and after you look at your phone to see what time it is, then you go, hey, I wonder what people are tweeting about. And then you start reading, and then you're awake. At least that's Sam what I Hinkie, do. I'm Sam Hinkie doesn't look at social media the first hour he's awake because he doesn't want it to impact his mood for the day. It's really smart. Really smart. Also, you just don't – if you engage your brain and start thinking, then you're totally screwed because you're awake. Yeah, no, it's the, absolutely the worst thing. That's that's the biggest development in in the last decade is that the second I start looking at anything, then I'm on. You're right. So you, here's the here's the trick: don't put your phone anywhere within arm's reach of your bed. That way, when you wake up, if you want to know what time it is, like you have to you, you you have to think to yourself, do I really want to get up and walk over and and get it? And then this is where people are going, don't you have like a clock radio or something? Like, no, what is it? 1980? No, I don't have a. F and clock radio. 
I do. I bought one. I, no, see, I bought one. I bought one for the new house. I'm like, like a nice one with like the good bows, right? And then, yeah, then yeah, never put nice it bows. in. And the wife, I think, the wife, I think my wife chucked it. She's like, "Are we ever going to use this thing?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it works." I looked at it. Like, I, I looked at it like I was trying to figure out how to operate like a like a jet engine. Like I was a mechanic. I, I think you just plug it in. But then like the settings and all, I couldn't. I just looked at my phone, man. I looked at my phone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> every one of these, every one of these ends up with me in a moment where I like take inventory of my life, and I just, I just sigh. Every one of these. But I know about the look. Despite not being a parent for a really long time so far, I still understand it, right? Okay. And I was just in Colorado with my friends, uh, mm-hmm. the the Walshes, lovely young couple, and they've got a four and a two year old, or they're three and one, and about to round up. And the three-year-old crawls into bed with me in the guest bedroom every morning to watch cartoons at like five-ish or so. So we're on Paw Patrol. We watch the Lego movie together um, on Sunday. And what I realized is they're always so welcoming and like, please stay with us. Please stay with us. Don't get a hotel. Don't get a hotel. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I kind of I like a hotel. Like, I kind of like my routine. You know what I mean? And I'm what I didn't understand is that they don't even like me. That the kid... No, they, you're just taking bullets for them because the three-year-old's in bed with you having watching Marshall and, and uh, Zuma. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening. So, um, Hold on you know. a minute. How do you not have – how do you not as the guest have the carte blanche to go, hey, can we keep Sparky out of the room at five bells for I Uncle I can't do Rye? it to him. I can't do it to him. And not only do they do it the, – the whole reason it first happened is, is the last – like two trips ago when I went there, he went to their bedroom, went to wake him up. And this is like one of my closest friends in the world. And he just goes, Hey, go see Ryan. Go see Uncle Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that's not creepy at all for the guy with no kids to wake up to a little infant's hand on your body going, Hey, can I watch a show? No, yeah, and it, man, it, it, was, it was super weird because he got in a bed. <laughs> And then he started oh, like rubbing, he started rubbing my back like after five Stop minutes. Talking. And I was like, Stop what is going talking. on? I was like, what are you doing, dude? And he was like, mommy likes a back rub. And I was like, all right, mommy can get a back rub. Uncle Ryan doesn't get back rubs. Like we're, oh. we're, we're gonna, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop here. Did I'm gonna they, jump in the sh- Yeah. Did you ask him, did you ask him, had he ever seen a cobra back like that though? You <laughs> give him, just give him, fan it out for him just to let him take inventory of them laps. Huh? Yeah. He goes, this is like a map of Africa. Uh, I, I have Just a theory. Like- <laughs> I have a, I have a theory. Unless, yeah, I actually do like to open this up the floor. You know, not ladies' choice because that'd be weird. We know your guy. Was there anything yeah. else that you needed? Like, because I know sometimes you don't have the space to breathe because you guys are, you know, quick hitters and all that stuff. Was there anything that you really wanted to talk about other than the thing we kind of can't talk about that we sort of talked about last night? Um, here. No, I mean, listen, I will say this because it is it's the elephant in the room as it relates to me. And that's it's, it's like, obviously, this whole Maryland thing is a gigantic, uh, a gigantic issue. And when I get back to, on the show on later this week, I will weigh in on it. People are firing in like you hadn't said anything here. I'm like, sure, let me let me weigh in on this multi-layered topic on social media, where certainly the number of uh, characters here will allow me to address it in full. So outside of that. Um, which, you know, is... Are you going to address uh, it on the show? And those for those, you know, just to yeah, make sure, yeah. even though it's more radio, but DJ Dirk and the head coach, and the strength coach is out now, right? And they're reviewing everything Correct. else? Right. Correct. 
And I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it. A young man lost his life in a, in a conditioning drill. It's it's, hor- it's it's horrible. It's horrible across the board. And um, and so again, the, the people that yell at you. So let me let me tweet out some real real. Maybe they fair here on the old Twitter box about what I think of this. I mean, it's an impossibility to cover there. So uh, I'll talk about you know, it. Th- uh, that person's the worst. The, the person that's like, oh, haven't said anything. Hmm. That person's the yeah. worst. Yeah, of course. Silence is deafening. Like, okay, sure, it is. Sorry. Well, you know, put your hand up to your ear and wait. And I'll, I'll, I mean, obviously, this is something that matters to me. You know, um, it, ma- I've it never matters seen, a lot. Right. Like, I, I mean, this is a positive thing. Like, I don't know many people. I don't know if I can think of anybody that cares more about the school that they went to than you do. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, like I've said a billion times, we're all from somewhere in that time. So that's a school that, you know, I grew up there and, and it matters to me. And, uh, and you know, I, I will I will have some thoughts on this on Friday when we're, when we're back at it. And then, like, it's not like Friday it ends. There'll be, I'm sure there's more to come in time. And it, it's just, it's, it's an impossibility, as they say in social media. And, uh, and, I'll, I'll talk about it then. Talk about it there, then, or then there, whatever I'm trying to say here. But uh, other than other than that, uh, I'm just glad that whatever news I was reading about as it pertains to you. And I hope, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll hope that we can continue to do this uh, down the road under the same umbrella. But I don't care what umbrella we're under. I'll stand under any umbrella with you, Uncle Rye. <laughs> Thanks for not making me sleep with your kids, and I mean that. As a domestic yeah. way, yeah, yeah, you know, I know. Well, you haven't you haven't met them, so obviously the people in Denver you like a lot better than, than you do me. So I know, but I was Maybe. back. I was back, and I said, "Let's do this." And I got to be oh, honest yeah. with you that I don't want to press because I know it's mayhem over at the Van Pelt Estate. And if I mm-hmm. don't hear back from you when I say like, "Hey, I could swing by sometime today," and then I don't hear from you, I, I don't press it because I assume that's a day where they go, you know, I don't think we want anybody to see what's going on over here today. <laughs> Yeah, Sam's Sam's up on the roof and he's uh he's 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 taking uh he's taking his sister with him and it's a it's a bit of a standoff. Now, I mean, we're it's normally pretty good, but I mean, yeah, there's times that you just not 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 ready to entertain callers as they say. Not right, not prepared for them. So, one of these days though. One of these days. All right. Um I'll probably be back uh at least east coast wise so I can see the I need to, there's 66% of the brood that I haven't seen. And I, I do feel bad about that. How that happened when I was still there for until the end of 17 doesn't make any sense. So that's, you had, I mean, you, know had, you had me and under 18 to, to watch. I get it. You got to keep your, you got to keep yourself fluid there, man. Things change. Yeah. But you know, I, watching that, that very Cavalry show, um, with, with Jay Cutler, I don't know, I'm sure you're locked in and Great show. there's one of the girls that nobody likes Shannon. And when mm-hmm. she makes a mistake, she just says, I'm taking responsibility for it. So that's my new thing. So when it's mm. blatantly my fault and there's no one else that could even 1% be held accountable for the mistake that's made, you just say to the person, "I'm t- Scott, I'm taking responsibility for this. And the other person should sit there dumbfounded going, I didn't know there was anybody else in the equation. And they just go, well, I'm taking responsibility for it. So that's what that's, I'm going to do. Well, that's all right. Well, that's brilliant. And, and I mean, this is I mean, I don't know what I don't know how much Shannon has done wrong, but you, this isn't like a yeah, you haven't done anything wrong. It's it's difficult to uh, 
to get over here and, you know, say hey to the guys. Let me just, let me, can I give you a Prince tweets to you real quick? Yes. Yes. We should have started with that. Erotic distraction. Yep. There you go. That was it. All right. Well, thanks for checking in with us today. When are you back on the air? Uh, Friday. Friday we will be um, we'll be back on there. It was supposed to be Saturday, but then they added a college football game, so that uh, you know we got we got worked out, put out the pasture for that. So that's fine. Um, Friday night we'll be back, and then next week it's just we're it's you know we're back on and ready to roll. Are you going to do one road trip this fall? Probably not. That's that's a hundred percent no. That we even got a problem. That's the most definitive no this early when we know the answer is a no. What about Bama LSU? Did we lose them? Whoa! Are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, we we. I thought that was like the most epic walk off ever, where you just said stop asking, hung up. No, because this is really this is this is weird. This is spooky. Uh, I'm I'm reading. Prince tweets to you looking for something to hit you with, and then all of a sudden you say, what about Bam and LSU? And as you say that, I get a text from Brandon from LSU, our pal down there from Walk-On. This is, maybe this is, maybe that was a sign. If, I mean, maybe. If, if ever, there was, I think Prince from beyond put a little bug in, in Brandon's ear. Now I think this has been ordained from beyond. I feel like I should go now. All right, what's the time stamp on the Brandon Landry Walk-On's text to you? Mm, it just happened. Why did you you were, did you text him while we were on with me? No, no. I want to know the timestamp. All right, hold on. Uh, I see. I got to I got to walk back in my house. <laughs> it's a big house. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Let <laughs> us know when you get to the East Wing. Yeah. Hold on. Somebody uh, somebody right. told me they were like, "Oh, hey, have you seen Vim? We live near him. His house is huge." And I went, well, "He's been on TV twenty years. What'd you think he was going to have a mobile home? Like he's got a big house." Like what, 1133. 1133? Mm-hmm. What a, dude. Did I get you the win. first one and you got the second one? Yeah, you got the first one. I got the second one five minutes later. I about had it with this LSU crew down there. They kiss up to you way more than me. You know, and you invented it. You're right, the one, and, then, and you're the one that started the relationship. Right. And then, you know, they go, LSU reaches out and said, let us know if you're coming down. We'll put you in the hype video with, with Van Pelt and Marty Saban Smith. And I was like, wait a minute, you guys, they're like, yeah, we'd like to put you in it at some point too. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I might become a Georgia fan now. I'm getting a little pissed off about this whole thing. Yeah, don't, I said it. Don't, don't, nah. do it. don't, don't, no, don't. I'm the one that goes every, every year for over a decade. And, that uh, is true. uh, yeah, even looked at, looked at a condo in Baton Rouge. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll revisit that later. That'll be a, t- that'll be a tabled issue. I thought I was in for one game. Now I'm now I'm debating it. Well, Brandon, Brandon will be happy to know that he's uh, that his, his his laundry was aired out right here. On yeah, the, no, on I'm the no, I'm I, good. Maybe it's a wake up call. <laughs> get get your mind right. Get your mind right, Landry. Get get your mind right with Vasilo. We yep. all started look, right there with him. Yep, yep. All right. Hey, uh, thanks as always, man. We'll see you Friday night or Saturday night. You said Friday. Friday night. night. Friday night. Yep. Friday night. All right. All right, my man. Good to talk. You're the man. A little on Nantucket. So I did head over to Nantucket for a couple days before I came back. Ooh, must be nice. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. And McShay 
is a guy that's out there. And as everybody, well, maybe you don't know if you're new to this podcast, I'm a Martha's Vineyard guy. I'm not a native. I wasn't born there. So that's, that's one of those things where I can't say I'm a native. A lot of people think I was. I wasn't. Went to high school there. Family's still been there, um, like 30 years. And I've always said that Nantucket's a little bit more fun than Martha's Vineyard. If you were going with like a group and you wanted to do kind of a three or four day thing, uh, Nantucket's restaurants are far superior. That's one of the weird things about the vineyard. I've never quite understood this, but people be like, where do I have to eat? And I go, eh, there's a couple places that are all right. You know, I do love the wharf as a bar. A friend of mine owns it. Um, in Eggertown, I bartended on Circuit Ave in Oak Bluffs for a, a really, you know, a couple years, but a long time ago. And I would say the bars, restaurants, walking around Nantucket is it, superior. Now, as far as the beaches and the scenery and having more to do and the diversity of the island, the vineyard, it's, it's not even, I'm going to say it, it isn't even close. The vineyard is more dynamic, far more diversity of, of topography, like how I said that. But what I find fascinating is that if you were from California and you flew to the East Coast, went out to the Atlantic and said, okay, you know, we're going to be in the Cape and then we're going to head out to the vineyard for three days. We're going to go to Nantucket for three days. You'd probably go, you know what? It's the same thing. And it isn't the same thing. But if you were from out there, you would think it were different. Or excuse me, if you were from somewhere different, you would go, you know, it's pretty similar, like old school, New Englandy, you know, centuries old places that have been inhabited here and, you know, maybe a slightly different vibe, but like this isn't. This isn't Russia and Cleveland, okay? It's very similar. And yet when I was out and about, guys would be like, oh, you're from the vineyard. Oh, I hate the vineyard. I'd be like, do you? You hate the vineyard? Have you ever been? No, I'll never go to that place. And that's what I think like racism might be like. You know? Like, have you ever even thought about talking to this other person that you think you understand how their mind works the entire time? Oh, you haven't? Well, then how the hell would you even have an informed opinion on anything? And yes, not nearly as important as some of these societal issues that we have, but at every turn when I would run into somebody from Nantucket or had like not just a visitor was somebody who, you know, like summer people always think that they're from the place when, hey, man, you got to put in the dirty months. You got to put in the six or seven months to start acting like you're from here because if you don't or you didn't grow up here, like I would meet people that were summer people from the vineyard and be like, oh, no, I grew up on the vineyard. Be like, did you or did you grow up in Greenwich? So – the point is, is like, I like both. Uh, it's different to be from a resort area because when you go home, when I go home to Martha's Vineyard, it doesn't feel like it's a resort. It feels like I'm home and you deal with all of the stuff of like getting to see family and balancing it all out where, you know, for me ending up on Nantucket for a couple of days, it was fine. Shout out to the dudes of the Straight Wharf and also Toots and the Maytals and the Chicken Box. And the reason I'm saying all this is because I bought tickets sort of from a dude who then said you're on this list i went in to then go to the show and then guess what i wasn't on the list and then i was told to leave and i was standing outside and i thought okay this is going to be brutal i'm texting mcshay to be like is there any way you can make this work because he's done that to me numerous times himself so all even you know in the chart of who owes who what uh he's probably still paid for more stuff than i have because he had money before i did Dude walks up, full toots in the Maytals jacket, sees me, says, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm waiting to get into the show. He's like, hold on. He goes to the front door and says, he's with me, walks me in. He didn't even have any clue who I was. He just saw me and goes, that's a dude who loves reggae because reggae got soul, so much soul. Probably spent some time into grill DJing in the late 90s. Who knows? They let me in, roll in, and then 
Shout out to Packy and Rocky. And Rocky was really the dude that was really excited to see me. And it was awesome. And he thought he was doing too much, being too nice, because he said he's a huge fan. Um, but I want to thank those dudes at the Chicken Box for taking care of the entire crew as well as you did. That's how awesome it was and how much it meant to me because you fixed a night that looked like it was going to be a disaster. And, Saruti, this is going to drive you crazy, but apparently the Celtics investor who also owns Roma is a Nantucket guy, and they have a big Roma flag there, and they have chicken box hats that say Roma on them. And he gave me one of the 11 Roma hats that have been made. So, um, again, thanks to Rocky, who was just... You know how like when you know a dude likes what you do, but then he starts quoting it, but then he thinks he's being annoying because he's just mm-hmm. kind of all over me about it. It wasn't annoying. It was a reminder how cool this whole thing is. And yeah, like life can be really cool not to do Ferris Bueller on you right now, but I'm thanking those guys in a very specific way. But I do think that dynamic because those guys are like, dude, you're a vineyard guy. And you're like, you know what I am? Not to bring up Sweden again, but like, here's a concept. I've been to both islands a lot. And they're both really awesome in different ways. And I like them both. People are like, what? Can you do that? Unacceptable. Got to pick yeah. one. <laughs> Got to pick one. Um, I also played golf in Colorado on the way back. I had a good, I had a good look after that get up thing where I didn't sleep for nine days. Uh, I, you know, I treated myself to a little bit before I came back to the West Coast. Somebody you know, did rob stuff from me. From you know, my we sort of need LA. to talk about is, what? uh, is Rain Wilson's uh, deal with your Pam theory? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a big deal there, um, and that was cool. It all worked out, but uh, yeah, I think Pam Beasley was actually kind of like everybody makes her out to be like Miss All American and everything, and it's oh, little Scranton Pam. But if you add it all up and you watch the series multiple times, she's got a real bad track record of a human being. And so I presented to Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute. Question. You have 15 cents. One is not a nickel. One is a dime. The other is a nickel. <laughs> Question. A man, he stepped on a block of ice and it melted. Um, when you watch it, she does a lot of crappy things. I tweeted it all out. You know, whatever. Jenna Fisher has not responded yet. She must think like, this guy sucks and hates her. Actually, I, I think she's great. I just think the character was more evil than people realize. So I presented it to Rain Wilson on Get Up. And at first he kind of agreed, but at first he was kind of like, what's wrong with you? And then we had to get back to the Meg thing. And you never know. Like, hey, thanks for promoting your shark movie, but I really only want to talk to you about The Office. And some guys are good with it, some guys aren't. I think he was okay with it. I don't know if we we made him upset or not. It is interesting because uh, like John Krasinski has sort of made a, I don't know, like he'll always, he'll always be... You know, Jim. yeah, he'll always be Jim, but he's done other things. So like, no, he's I, trying hard to transition into and this action, and he's guy. done well in other things too. It's not like I like I thought a Quiet Place was awesome. Um, he's done. I mean, he's in that new Jack Ryan series on Amazon. Like, he's done a million different things that have been good too. But he's always going to be known, and it's probably really annoying to be just called Jim wherever you go. Yeah, you know, he we interviewed him for um one of the military movies that he did, and. I told him, and I still regret this, and maybe I'll do it as a podcast, but I wanted to do like a whole interview as if he really were Jim that became a movie star. And when I told him I was going to do it after I interviewed him, he's like, oh, that would have been great. You know what? He could have been like, oh, really? That sucks. And I'm really glad you didn't do it. Um, But yeah, he's on the cover like 
muscle and fitness or maybe men's health. Who knows? Probably more men's health. Like t- muscle and fitness, like Tom Platt's type of stuff. Shout out to leg day. What do I have? Three more minutes? Yeah. Last two and a half. Okay. Last little story. Golfing in Colorado. I love hitting driver. Uh, when you play once a year, you're not super dialed in with the accuracy. So I tend to be a bit right, but we had like two minutes after we ate subs to warm up on the range. And I'm like, well, I'm going to hit driver, you know, even if we're playing nine holes, like I'm going to try a couple times. And I'm at this course and the, my buddy who's a member is hitting irons. And then his friend who's a member is hitting irons. And I'm kind of looking at him. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. And I'm just not even swinging that hard and I'm, I'm smashing these drives. Yeah. That was like a, Brag about like it. I'm, yeah, I'm not even, wasn't even really trying yet. Um, you start, you know, and I hear this dude behind me give me crap and he's like, oh, look at this guy swinging out of his shoes. And I'm thinking, what are like, who you think, like, you feel okay just heckling me? And that, that can be like this weird, there's always this thing. Where I've like, I've played in a men's league, like a day run, but I'm not a member because somebody invited me. There'll be some old guy that like is 20% tougher somehow because he feels tougher because you haven't paid. So if it's a course member, like a guy who's paying his dues and you're a guest, he doesn't, he doesn't like conceptualize just normal. If you were in an argument, it's just, I paid, you didn't. So now that's, that's a variation of I played, you didn't. I paid, you didn't. So now I'm tougher and I'm going to call you out on this stuff. So we go up to the first tee and I go, I go, what's up with your club, dude? I go, this guy's just totally comfortable. And he goes, hey, was that you hitting driver? I go, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I needed to warm up. I haven't swung a club in a year. He's like, yeah, you're not supposed to hit driver off the range unless the tees are all the way in the back. I go, whose fault is that? Is that my fault or your fault? He's like, yeah, you don't golf enough. You should have known. I was like, so that guy was actually really calling me out for a good reason. He's like, yeah, absolutely. He should have called you out. More people should have called you out. He's like, and I should have seen it. I'm like, so that it is kind of on you. So that's just a reminder, if uh, you're a meathead and you haven't swung driver in a while and you're at a fancy club, look around and make sure everybody else is uh, is on the same page as you. I had a few other things I want to do. We didn't need to do it. So that's good. Good content there. Obviously, got super bitter about the uh, LSU thing, which is uh, it's going to be a real thing now. This is a real issue. Go dogs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love LSU. Okay. And uh, stay tuned for part one of the announcement that we've already sort of hinted at. But there is another two coming uh, that I'm really excited about. So everything is good. Podcast isn't going anywhere. Talk to you soon.